Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not. And today, today, today is Wednesday, November 16th. I don't know. Is it the 16th? 15th? The year of our Lord, 2023. And I got to start off with a huge thank you to Donna and Joe for sending me the Christmas Screaming Goat. So uh, we've had our Screaming Goat for years now. This guy is on a hill of snow and wearing a Christmas sweater. Ergo, it's the Christmas Screaming Goat. Uh, and I feel like, by the way, if you're putting up Christmas decorations already, God is angry at you. If you wonder what's wrong with the world, oh, that's you. Yeah, uh, Christmas decorations ever after Thanksgiving. It's in the Bible. Don't look it up. Trust me. Anyway, but we will break that rule because this Screaming Goat is stinking awesome. <laughs> Uh, uh, thanks to our foreign correspondents, Patricia in Scotland, uh, Bren Van in Canada, eh? uh, Sabine in the fatherland, in the fatherland, yeah, uh, Richard in England, and Margaret in New Zealand. And of course, thanks to my matchmaker, Lydia in Utah, or Idaho. Was that Idaho? Where she found my caffeine girl? Hold on. I can't, I think it's Idaho. I think it's Idaho. I do too. So today, uh, we're going to talk about something. It was so interesting. I can never predict what's going to happen when I post something. And I, I used to think, I, I can predict, right? No, 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 no. I cannot. So a couple weeks ago, I posted a fact uh, that ever since I moved to anonymous confessions only in my confessional, I have... It's blown up the sacrament for me in a way it hasn't before. Uh-oh, are you asking a question? I have a question. Yes, she's asking the question, yeah. Was this post across all social medias or specifically No, I just to put one? it on whatever Twitter is X? now. X. X. Which right. I feel so weird saying that. I feel like I'm saying something dirty. <laughs> I put it on X. And I also feel like I might be selling drugs. Right? Like, Molly, they used to just call X. I don't even know what they call it now. I've been out of it. I'm sorry. But uh, I don't even know why they call it Molly. But so what were we talking about? Does anyone remember? Oh, so I put this up and, you know, people weigh in uh, as they should. Uh, and then like all kinds of weird stuff started happening. And I thought, OK, it's time to have the talk and drink some coffee. So I brought the coffee. We're going to have a talk about reconciliation. And one of the things I'll invite you toward, if you have a strong opinion on reconciliation, A, good for you. Uh, but B, I'm going to invite you to accept the possibility that after 10 years of study and 25 years of priesthood, I might actually know what I'm talking about. It's possible. Now, you will rarely hear me say that because I know I'm not bright. Uh, I rely totally on the moneymaker. Uh, so with that in mind, in no particular order, I've just been writing down things for at least a week now. But as you can see from my notes, Carrie, they're just lines, they're in it, which is appropriate when we're talking about confession. So the first key is uh, if you quit sinning, this crap wouldn't happen. Let's just get that out there. If you want shorter confession lines, you need to quit sinning. Okay. Beyond that, uh, all kidding aside, I would love for us to start thinking of what we call it, the sacrament of reconciliation. Okay. Now we say confession because whatever, 
But the title the church uses is the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Reconcile means meet again. When you ask God's forgiveness, you are forgiven. What this sacrament is for is reconciliation, the reestablishing of the relationship. Let's look at it this way. Let's say that uh, Chuck is here today. Hey, Chuck, how you doing? Um, let's say I'm walking in uh, to uh, La Escuela, which is Spanish for the Escuela. And Chuck is always there in the school. And this time, instead of saying good morning, he kung fu punches me in the face and I lose a tooth. Right? Just like happened on Tuesday. You remember? Yeah. So, oh, that's right. You said that in confession. Oh, my gosh. So, and then immediately Chuck sees that the moneymaker has been damaged. He knows collections are going to go down now. Uh, so he says, you know, and sincerely, he, you know, Joe, I'm, please forgive me. I'm sorry. And I forgive him. Okay. Now, two things. Three. First, he's forgiven. Debt's paid. Right? Chuck, you don't owe me a debt. Two, uh, I forgot the second one. Isn't this awesome? Two, uh, now we got to look at reconciliation, meaning we have to reestablish our relationship. Okay? Our relationship took a hit to the face. And some, maybe it'll look like this that Chuck, you know, the next day, maybe brings me a cup of coffee. And Chuck doesn't drink coffee. So what I know. Is it still on Chuck's mind enough where he made a little sacrifice? He went and got in line at, at Bigby and, uh, and brought me a coffee. That's kind of a statement there. Like when I get the coffee, I'll be like, two sugars, Chuck. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'd be grateful, of course. But I also might feel the need to say, Chuck, it's okay, man. I let it go. Right? You got to let it go now. Or I might say, thank you. Uh, and enjoy the coffee, and then kind of take that as the sign of, yeah, Chuck just had a kind of moral burp. This isn't a pattern. This was a, an error. Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, when you ask God's forgiveness, you are forgiven. But here's the thing. You also need to reconcile. You need to show yourself, I'm in this relationship, and I'm willing to work for it a bit. Um, that's one way to think about it, because what happened in our discussion on X, when we were all there on ecstasy, no, you're not going to laugh at this, was you need to say what you did, how many times, and then get out. And it's like, sure, if it's a McDonald's. But then when you say that, what happens? Because people would rather not figure out what's right. They'd rather just win the argument. Well, one time, there was a woman in there for a half hour. Okay, one time. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen sometimes because it's somewhere between McDonald's and a 40 day Ignatian spiritual retreat, right? It's somewhere between there. If your goal is to hop in a spiritual shower and get out, yeah, I guess just hit it. If your goal is to reconcile, it may mean not always, but the priest says, have you confessed this sin before? Yeah. Do you find you confess it every time? Yeah. Okay, what do you think's at the root here? What do you think's going on? So, like, one thing, men, we, manly men, uh, what's that? Men, 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 men. Uh, one of the things you'll hear is, I saw a woman 
and I can't get her out of my head. Right? We didn't talk, again, we're men. There was no dialogue. There was no interaction. I saw a beautiful woman and now she lives in my brain. So what will I say to them? Okay, pray for her. Every time she comes to your mind, maybe it's a good thing to say, Jesus, whoever that woman is, bless her, protect her, and draw her closer to your sacred heart. I'll say that. I will. Or if, uh, you know, just whatever it may be. And, and I'm over there on my side praying. And I am. Come Holy Spirit, right? Lord, what words do you want to speak to me? I can't tell you how many times um, I've felt the Lord say, tell them this. And I tell them and they're shocked. Right? And I'm shocked too because I'm not bright. And I'm always amazed when God uses me. Right? It really is an amazing thing. The goal is to reestablish the relationship and maybe give that person some help. I might need to spend three minutes reminding you, you are forgiven. There are people for whom that's easy, and there are people for whom that's hard. And then there's everything in between. When I'm in there, my goal is not to, quote, bang out confessions. My goal is to prayerfully and appropriately help people get closer to Jesus. God forgives them. Let's get let's strengthen the relationship now. Now sometimes, heck yeah, takes three minutes, two minutes, right? Bless I, I I call those the pros. Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been two weeks since my last confession. Blah 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 blah. For these sins and any I've forgotten, I ask God's pardon and your blah. Okay, for your penance, blah blah blah. Please say the act of contrition. I you doing. But that's maybe 50% of my confessions. There's another 50%. Maybe they don't know what they're doing. Maybe they haven't been there in 30 years. I get a million of those. Uh, maybe some people deal with serious darkness. Uh, you just have no idea, and honestly, it's not your business. But the priest's goal, in my mind, is not let's bang out as many as we can it's let's make sure each one accomplishes the goal. If it's a quick shower, right? Blah, 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 blah. Get me out of here. All right. But if we're looking for conversion, I might be called to say something to encourage them or to challenge them. I don't know. Um, that's, that's an important thing to keep in mind. It's not McDonald's and it's not therapy. Now, are there priests? Yes, I'm sure you can regale me. Uh, this one priest, blah, blah, blah. I knew a priest. I loved him dearly. But we always joked, and we were serious, but if you invite him to a penance service, like when I was at MSU, how's this? We could do reconciliation services. Well, we'd have three priests, two hours every Thursday. Then we had to make it three hours. Plus, we had two hours on Saturday with two priests. There was no way we were ever going to finish the line. But there was, we'd say three priests, but there was really four. But the one priest who'd come, and this was our joke, he'd hear one confession an hour. One. And I wanted to beat him with large sticks. Or small ones. He was a little guy. I can't help it. I can't help what my brothers do. I can only help what I do. 
And for every one of those, there's the priests who are cruel and cold in there because they just want to get it done. Okay? You're always going to be stuck with human priests until you get to the kingdom of heaven. We have our strengths. We have our weaknesses. We have our sins. I have two now. One of them is delusion. The other one's a bad memory. Uh, so, okay, reconciliation versus forgiveness. McDonald's, not therapy, redemption. And then here's a common one. Everybody is an expert on priesthood except priests. This is, this, and I'm sure, I'm learning, it's this way in everything. I worked for the police department for seven years. Everybody knew how to cop, be a cop. And more than any other job, as a side note, get in the car. Get in the car. Do two shifts and see if you still have strong, their opinions about the police are the same, right? But be this as it may. If you are not a priest, you need to approach this with a certain level of humility, being blunt. You don't know what you don't know. For example, here at Holy Family, between two priests, well, really three if you count Dave over at St. Mark, we offer a total of 10 hours of confession a week, okay? That's impressive. I don't care who you are. I don't know another set of parishes who are offering that many. We've never not had a line. There is always a line. I would guess, 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 50% of our confessions are not from our parishes. Right. And well, they shouldn't be here. Yes, they should. Because here's what I know. My last assignment, I had three parishes and I was that guy. I'm sure our Twitter confession experts would complain about who could do about 20 to 30 minutes a, uh, a week. That's what I could do. I physically could not do more. Three parish councils, three finance councils, two schools. And I was driving about 40,000 miles a year between these parishes, right? There's only so much someone can do. Well, now I'm in a situation where I only have two parishes and I have help. So I can offer more. And it's my hope that I can take heat off some of the other priests who are by themselves. Does this, did you get me? It's, it's how you bring a sense of balance to it is the parishes that can do more should do more and the parishes that can't, can't. And in the end, and this is the one you're going to hate and I'm not sorry, there's so few of us. People keep forgetting this or they remember it only when it's convenient and doesn't bother them. Okay. I'm doing fine, to be clear. Every priest I know except one, <laughs> is exhausted. And they're beat up. They're trying to do what four priests used to do half of. Right? A guy who just retired two years ago was telling me, I couldn't be a priest now. I couldn't do it. When I started being a priest in 1980, he said, they didn't have any of this on us. And there were 10 times as many priests. Now there's more Catholics, and the Catholics are placing de more demands, and the diocese, you can't imagine how much work your bishops are piling on your priests. They won't change the obligations to the numbers. They just won't do it. I don't know why, but they won't. So they keep acting like we've got a billion priests. Um, I'm in a parish now where I can have a business manager. I'm in a parish now where I can have an operations manager. Praise God. 
we are out of priests, guys. Something like 60% of priests right now in this country are working at or past retirement age. And the boomers you guys love to make fun of, right? The millennials who've produced about eight priests last I knew, uh, love to rip on the boomers. You wait till they're gone. You think it's bad now. <laughs> wait till you see how bad it's going to get because those guys aren't on pilgrimage all the time. They actually work a lot and at 80 are getting in the car and driving to come help us with confessions. Right? It's going to get much worse. I don't see this to be a pessimist. We just have to accept. Why aren't there more confession times? Why aren't there more priests? Why aren't you sinning less? Right? There's a million questions we could ask. But what we all got to keep in our mind is, how's this? I'm 53. Okay? Our diocese, Lansing, is doing really, really good for vocations compared to other dioceses in Michigan. Do you know how, how, do you know how many of us are between 40 and 60? About eight. <laughs> About eight. Think of that. So why did your priest offer so few times? There could be a bad reason, but the most likely reason is that's all he's got. He's exhausted. He doesn't know how to do more. And a lot of parishes, there's this weird thing that happens, right? So when I was at my last assignment in one of the parishes I was at, we did one hour of reconciliation every Tuesday, okay? For the first year and a half, I sat there alone. Maybe one person had come, maybe two. I'll be honest, I kind of liked it. I brought my uh, breviary and my rosary, and I had a great time. What ended up happening is by the time I left, I had to add time. It takes God's people time to believe the priest will be there and that this is actually helpful. So I just knew I had to keep showing up no matter what. And pretty soon people would start showing up and that's what happened. I couldn't do that today. That was just eight years ago. I can't do it today. No, that was more than that. 2012, whenever that is, 11 years ago. Couldn't do it today. I couldn't time-wise afford to gamble an hour away. I know that sounds crazy, but I couldn't. If no one came, I'd quit offering them. Uh, and I'd hate it, but I'd also know, well, now I can do this thing. Um, so why does your priest offer so few times? Because that's what he's got. He might be broken. He might be exhausted. He might be nasty. I don't know. But it's also really, really possible you're getting his best. Um, so let's look at, let's go with the line now. Okay. For, I don't know if any priests listen to this show. I pray not. You should be listening to better priests. But if so, here's the, here were two game changers for me that allowed us to blow up reconciliation here. Number one, like I said, we just went all in. We said, okay, this is our second highest priority after Mass, right? Mass is the non-negotiable. Uh, I'm the only one here who can do a Mass. Father Lay and I are the only people here who can do Mass. They're the only people here who can do confessions. So let's focus a lot on those two, okay? <clears throat> With that, here's something that helped us a lot. One, ushers. As psycho as it sounds, having an usher for your community, or Reconciliation times is epic. Why? Two reasons. 
They can look at their watch, look at the amount of people in line, and then not let anyone else get in line. That's really important. Um, what This happened to us. This happens to priests a lot, and I think every priest will tell you. The two, to me, crises. One, when someone comes to you right before Mass, usually a man, and says, I need to go to confession. Okay, A, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, because you want to hear their confession. And if you're like me, they've immediately put a little rock on you. What is that rock? You're going to fail. You can't hear this person's confession and have your head in the right place to start Mass. So you have to say, meet me afterward, and then they're going to fuss. It's an impossible thing. Well, all this to say, sorry, that was a weird story, but it's true. Uh-oh, you're giving me the look. Um, Just an update. We ha- we do have one priest that admitted to, that so kindly admitted that he's listening right now. I'm so sorry, brother. Um, this was your penance. And don't hesitate to weigh in, by the way, Padre, whoever it is. Do I know him? Father Jose Maria. Nice. Ah, oh, what a beautiful name. Saginaw. I don't know. I think I know where he is. I think I met him. Okay, lovely guy. Venezuela. No, that's Miguel. Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Something with Jesus. Confession. Confession. So the usher is the person who's out there, and they're doing a few things. One, uh, they're helping the line move. What do we mean by that? Let's say there's a mom with 315 kids, and she's in the back of the line. The usher's going to move her to the front. Why? Because we're a family church. And that poor woman... Right. Let's say there's a dad with 413 kids or 300, whatever number I made up. We're going to move him to the front. Let's say there's a 93-year-old with a walker. We're going to move him to the front. Right. Uh, and we're going to make sure everyone sees that because that's an important thing. And we should applaud it when we see it. Um, and if they say no, they don't want to move up, we just beat them. I'm kidding. Sorry. That was... You guys are not funny. Uh, Two, the usher prevents the line from growing beyond what is possible. That's really helpful to us. Tonight, we're going to have confessions. We have to end them at five to six. We have to. And everyone knows this. We've done this for five years. 18 people will get in line at 10 to six. They just will. If you don't stock them, even though I've been in there an hour, there's been two of us hearing confessions for an hour. But then they run at it a few minutes before and get in line and then get mad when they don't get to go. Well, how do you do? How do you stop that? You just don't let them get in line. Sorry. Line's done. This is all the confessions that can be heard tonight. Right. Uh, that really helps with the hurt and anger that comes with, I've been standing in line for, the real answer is four minutes, 20 minutes, you know. Uh, and it helps us be faithful to our ministry. If you get in line, we're going to try to hear your confession, guys. I think we, with one exception, we hear everybody who is in line as long as they're obeying the usher, right? There's always the people who try to sneak in. We have to stop at five to six. So the ushers know that, and the ushers keep an eye on the clock. And if they see someone come in, hey, sorry, the line's closed, right? Good stuff. The other thing about the line is try to get there not at five minutes before the end of confession. 
right? If it's unavoidable, it's unavoidable, but know that you're gambling, right? You're gambling. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, but that usher situation has helped us so much. The other thing it keeps people from doing is I want to go to this priest. Nope. You're going to the next one. That is our parish policy, right? Why? Because it's not about the priest. We are an empty reed. Uh, we try to be like Mary, right? Just this empty reed through which the spirit flows. Um, it's not about the priest. This does take us to, um, at your parish, uh, you could offer uh, your priest, Padre, I'll, I'll be an usher for your confession times. Um, now, if you're volunteering, you will get yelled at from people, oddly enough, trying to repent, uh, <laughs> which is just steeped in irony, right? I've actually been in the box hearing people yelling at our usher, Carrie. No one gets yelled at more than Carrie, and it kills me. But Carrie's tougher <laughs> than me, so. It's fine. They just want to go to confession. I get it. Yeah, but it's just so ironic. Like, I want to repent! You know, it's like, all right, well, I can help you with that. Um, there is and will be, as long as I can see, a consequence to the fact that we quit making priests as a country. There just is. And this is one. Instead, we opted for, let's have you go to college, get in crippling lifelong debt, and become a socialist. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Seems to me we could have got some priests out of the deal. But uh, be this. <laughs> um, the other thing about wine uh, is, and I do this all the time, like tonight, again, we're supposed to start at quarter to fi after five. Our confession schedule today says two priests, 5.15 till 6. We have not started after 5 yet. We keep, we're, we're there. We're there at quarter to 5, just because we can be, and we start cranking out the line. Okay? Now, what that means is when I'm at 5.30, there's people who've been in line an hour. We've heard about 30 confessions each, 40 confessions, I don't know. Uh, and I will tell them, how long have you been in line? Uh, 40 minutes, Padre. Okay, that was your penance. Right? No, no problem there. That was your penance. And, and it's so beautiful, right? We want a short line, but I want to tell you something that blows me away. And I might start bawling telling you, and you can ask people who go to me. I will cry about this every time. And I'll tell them, you just stood in line for an hour. Not for a gift card or for a concert or for a pizza, but because you love Jesus and you want to reconcile with him. Do you get what a crazy, beautiful gift that is? We're trying to kill. I shouldn't have to be in line a while. Yeah, make a priest. Then you can gripe. But until then, rejoice that that many people want to get right with God and rejoice that whatever's broken in you, here's what's right in you. I will wait however long it takes to be right with Jesus. How cool is that? Um, so the anonymous thing. This is the next one I got, right? Uh, there were people who, I didn't catch anybody upset at all. 
that I didn't do face-to-face confessions. But certainly there was a number of, why? What the heck? Mine actually came from a few sources, okay? One, it's hard for me face-to-face to not do the, hey, Carrie, how's it going? Good. Ah, good to see you. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the... Right? I just can't do it. I know me. We're going to have a discussion. And again, it's not about me. I know you're glad to see me. I know I'm glad to see you. And I also know socially it's important for me to say that and to receive it. This takes it right out of there. I hear that door shut on that confessional. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may Jesus, who knows every heart, help you to know your sins and to trust in his mercy. We're 10 seconds in and we've started right? There's, in a two-hour confession set, that shaves a lot of time. God help me. Second, honestly, it's fear, okay? The priest, what do you call it? I call it the bishop crisis. No one else does. The fact that so many of our bishops messed up horribly on pedophilia, It is hurting priests in ways you probably aren't aware of. But here's one of them. My second day in my new assignment, 2018, you remember this? I got a letter signed by a few of our parents over at the school who didn't know me, who knew we had scheduled confession for school kids and wanted to know what I would do to assure them that their kids were safe in a small room with me. Um... We can argue all day whether that was just. I get it. But it it didn't just rip my heart out. It scared me. Right? It's like, okay, we've now moved to the I don't know you, so I assume you're vile stage of the uh, presentation. So when we designed the new church, we set that up. And, and I'm going to be clear. The diocese has a guy who was like, nope, you have to do reconciliation rooms. You, you remember this? So I looked up his church, and he had 15 minutes of confessions a week. So I went, no, we're not going to do what he says. Um, and I know it's not my bishop's favorite thing, but it's what we did. Uh, and I'm at peace. Uh, second, or third, excuse me, another reason I prefer face-to-face is, again, it takes me out of the equation. It saves me from giving you the appropriate faces, yeah, in response to what you say. And when I think it's the appropriate face, you might be totally misinterpreting my face. That's happened. It allows me to close my eyes and to pray, come Holy Spirit, over and over and over. I pray for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world, over and over and over while I'm in there. And I'm praying, come Holy Spirit, over and over. I'm just trying to listen and share with you how crazy beautiful it is that you're making this effort to get right with God. And more important, maybe, how crazy beautiful it is that God loves your effort. Um, Take me out of the equation, right? Take me out of the equation. The face-to-face thing, I'm just not a fan anymore. Will I do it? Sure. If somebody pushes, no, actually I won't anymore. I tend to say, we can go to Father Lay. He does face-to-face. 
I I feel that strongly about it. Um, Yeah. Oh, and side note, we were really proud of this. We are in Genesee County that we know of, the only parish where a person who uses a wheelchair can go anonymously. We have some folks who use wheelchairs in our parish, and they all were just shocked. They've never had the ability to go anonymously to confession. Remember that? Uh, um, Beautiful Mike. So those are some thoughts. Uh, Let's take a look. Uh, Do we have any confession questions while I'm here? Oh, we do. Okay, can you hit me? Where are we at? Okay, I found my way, that one. Nope. Nope. Uh, Oh, I'm way down. Sorry, sis. Father Jose, yes. Okay. Um, uh, Come Holy Spirit. Father Jose, I met you. Uh, Just a beautiful guy. He just shines with God's joy. I don't know if you know that about you, bro. Um, I met him two Saturdays ago. This is, you can tell, this is just a good dude. Okay. All right, Padre, uh, thank you. Um, and thank you for leaving your country and your family and coming here for us. Uh, I, my heart, I have this crazy spot in my heart for all of you guys who left your home to help us. I know there's no pre-shortage in Peru. Uh, just thank you with all my heart. And God's people, um, sorry, my dog just opened the door. Did you see uh, my dog has figured out how to open doors? Okay. Um, Okay, Evie, Uh, focus. Okay, so he said, Father Joe, thank you for your ministry. Thank you, bro. Uh, His best advice to penitents is, this is really true. Tell me your sins, not your spouse's sins. And it definitely cuts the time in half. And he's right. Now, oh yeah, isn't that great? So... I'm going to be blunt, and if I, need, if I need to get beaten for this, I totally understand it. But in the same way that I said earlier how men will often say, I don't even know this woman. I have, I'm not, you know, I love my wife, but this woman is stuck in my head. That's a man thing. A woman thing definitely is to come in and tell you her husband sins. Is that okay to say, or is that sexist? Okay. It's definitely, uh, what do you say? I'm speaking, obviously, generally. Generally. Okay, right. so generally... What does that look like? Well, you know, my husband just comes home and then he sits down on the couch and I'm tired too and I get mad at him. (laughs) It's like, okay. Or I got mad at my husband. That's, you know what I mean? Right? Like Padre said, it it does cut it in half. And, And it's funny, you often, we, I find people do tend to give me info I don't need. So it's justification. Yeah. And I do it too. I catch me yeah. doing that all the time. Um, Humans. But I only do it because of you. Okay. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. Can you repeat the opening prayer, please? The one I say? One uh, may Jesus, say. who knows every heart, help you to know your sin and to trust in his mercy. I made that up. Kind of. Right? The church, oh dear, she shredded that down. Yeah. Okay, the dog found... <laughs> yeah, who cares? Have fun with it, girly. Um, what were we talking about? May Jesus, who knows every heart, help you to know your sins and to trust in his mercy. So there's times when priests get instructions from the church. Everything we've got, we've got these... Hold on, let me look. I probably have... 
Okay, I don't have one here, but we have these things called ritual books. And like they tell us how to do the ritual. And so every book has black words and red words. Red words are instructions. Black words are the prayers. So priests will hear this line all the time. Do the red, say the black. It's pretty easy. One of the things, sometimes the red will say in these words or in his own words, the priest says, right? Or in these words or similar words, the priest says, okay? Uh, So at the beginning of the reconciliation ritual, there's a prayer the church offers and says, say something like this. So that's what I came up with, okay? Why is the sacrament called confession? Others call it penance. Others, reconciliation. It's just how things evolve, right? Like, if you look, the church calls it the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, Some people, like you said, say penance. Some say uh, confessions. Some say potato. Let's call the whole thing off. But it's like marriage. You know what the church calls it? The sacrament of holy matrimony. But we call it marriage, right? A wedding. We call it all kinds of stuff. So that's all it is. Uh, it is funny. I think I told you about a time a woman accidentally proposed to me. Uh, this was at my last assignment, and this woman came up, and she, and, and she literally, like, she, 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 she said, and I quote, Father, I would just love it if you would marry me. And I look at her, I'm like, okay. Uh, turns out what she meant and what I understood were two totally different things. She wanted me to witness her marriage, right? So a priest doesn't technically marry you. He witnesses your vows. But we all just say, Father did our wedding or Father married us, right? It's just how we talk. How often do you recommend people go to confession? For Carrie, it's like every week. Because holy cow, she's a sinner. Uh, My thing is I go once a month, but I'm a priest. I, I feel like if I could, I'd go every two weeks. That's what I used to do. Um, the church recommends, uh, depends on what your source is. I think, and I always get this backward, canon law says once a year, and I think the catechism says twice a year are, are minimums. I recommend once a month. I do. Um, yeah. Okay, why did the church do away with communal penance services? I love those. It's a good question, and I'm going to walk us through. How are we for time? I need to know how fast I have to go. 20 minutes. Oh, we're doing great. Okay, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to give you a little history. Okay? Um, Give me a second. This is going to drive me nuts. (laughs) Me too. I couldn't take it. I can't even see it, and I couldn't take it. I couldn't take the knowledge that I didn't finish shutting the door. Okay, so I'm going to mess some of the details up on this because there's a few ways to do uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. One of those, quite literally, the church devised for, for lack of a better phrase, pre-battle. Okay, so, oh, here's a good example. You know what? The Battle of Sterling Bridge in the movie Braveheart, right? So Braveheart historically was a mess, right? It was nothing like the movie, but it was still a great movie. But they did get some really weird little historical details right. And one of them is, you may remember, before Sterling Bridge, all the Scottish lined up. And then like three priests were spread out over the whole line. And everybody knelt. And they said, uh, Ego te absolvo and nomine patria, affiliate spiritual society. That's the, I think it's the third option out of three. And that's the, 
yeah, you're probably going to die in the next few minutes. There's not enough of you to hear your confessions. Uh, giddy up, right? And then they, they cry, freedom! Okay, they didn't really do that. Um, here's what happened, as near as I can tell. Vatican II, boy, what a trippy thing. I think the best way to think of it is this. Everything was in Latin, and it took them a long time to translate it into English. And I mean that. you got to remember, English-speaking Americans are about 4% of the Catholic Church in the world. We're low down on the hierarchy of which languages do we translate to. In the interim, what came back from Rome was not what happened at Vatican II. Why? And Bishop Morlino talked about this extensively. Bishops didn't know Latin. Right? So they read and they misunderstood. Some bishops weren't entirely pure. They came back and inflicted their own agenda. So, for example, you were told that Vatican II abolished Latin in the Mass. And the crazy part is, Latin isn't even mentioned in there except for one line, which is, whatever else is done, Latin must be preserved in the liturgy at all cost. <laughs> what came back to us was, Latin is dead, which honestly, yay, right? God didn't speak Latin. It's awful. Um, and the same thing seems to have happened with penance services. Uh, I'll tell you a dark one. I'd been a priest a year, one year, and I heard, well, I'm just going to say Genesee County was going to do a big penance service at the Whiting. And I love hearing confessions, you guys. So I called. I was in Lansing at the time. I'm like, I'll help. I'm going home Sunday anyway. I'll come to the Whiting, or I think it was the Whiting or the IMA, I can't remember, and I'll help your confessions. And then I called another buddy, and I said, dude, did you hear about this? Do you want to go help? Yeah, let's do it. So we're now um, the day of five priests got a call, me one of them, my buddy another one, and we were told, don't come. And we we're like, hmm, part, you, what? You want less priests? Yeah, we're all set. Thanks. Well, what it was was they were trying to force a situation where there were so many people and so few priests that they could just do general absolution. Isn't that awful? I couldn't figure out. I'm like, who the heck says no thank you to more priests? Um, it's kind of wild. So what is the problem with communal penance services. As a general rule, um, well, not as general, here's what the church says. You need to say your sins, right? Uh, I believe they say auricular is the word, meaning take it in your ear, right? The priest needs to receive it into his ear. Um, that there's a power to that. Mold grows best in the dark. And communal penance services take away from the intimacy of the moment. And they don't allow for the individual things that might need to be said. Um, and get this. Even in the Middle Ages when they did the communal penance service, right? Which was, you know, you're about to go stab someone in the face for Christ. We should probably wipe away your sins first. Even then, if you had a mortal sin... You still had to go to confession, right? So it might be a good time to talk about 
the mortal sin thing. Um, knowing that the perpetually fearful of God will hate what I'm going to say. Uh, here I go. For something to be a mortal sin, you need to be free to not do it. Meaning an addict doesn't count. Okay. If someone is addicted to pornography and they're fighting the good fight and they fall, it's my assumption it's not a mortal sin. Why? They're not free. They'll get free at some point. So I always use this example. Uh, if I light a cigarette today, I've committed a mortal sin. Why? Because I know I can't not have another. I know me. But if in the midst of my smoking, if I quit for two days and had another one, no, I just assume that's not a mortal sin. I sacrificed my freedom for a fleeting pleasure. Okay? You have to be free for something to be a mortal sin. Two, the other factor to make it a mortal sin is your intention has to be evil or apathetic about it being evil. Meaning, I know it's evil and I like it, or I know it's evil and I don't care. And then third, the action needs to be serious. So CIA, circumstance, intention, and action. Circumstance, you need to be free. Intent, your intention needs to be evil or apathetic. Action, it needs to be a serious thing. All three of those have to happen at the same time for it to be a mortal sin. It's actually kind of tough to commit one. And I know there are priests out there who tell high school boys and girls that uh, masturbation is always of mortal sin. And I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they were never a high schooler. I don't know if uh, what, what their life entailed. But my God, all of our rules in the Bible, and they're eternal. I want to be clear. But I, we need context here. They were made when people got married at 15. All right? God understands. He didn't change the rules. But certainly circumstances changing mean we look at it a little bit different. Right? I, I mean, think about that. If you would have set St. Paul down and said, there will be a day when people marry in their 20s and 30s, he would just assume it's a second or third marriage. Because of death. Like, it wouldn't occur to him that anybody would wait till they're... No, you married at somewhere between 13 and 15. Why? Because you had died at 30. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, he had a long life. He got to 32. Uh, you know, you died at 30 if you were a dude in some ditch in Gaul in a Roman uniform. And if you were a gal, it was giving birth to your 15th child at 20 years old. It's just how life was. Um, the male and female body are created for procreation. It's a pretty big part of how we exist. As a result, it's going to be a fight to be pure. And it doesn't help the fight to say this natural thing, which is a sin that you are drawn to. It's the worst thing ever. Oh my gosh. What are we doing? Right. <coughs> it, it, Father Sean always says this, run to communion. 
Right? People are like, oh, I can't go to communion. Oh my gosh, run to communion. What are you doing? You need that grace and you need that knowledge that you're loved and you're precious to God and you're fighting the good fight. You fight that good fight. You don't give up. And dear God, make sure you get your armor on. Go get communion. Um, and again, I want to be clear. Sexual sins are particularly bad, according to St. Paul, the Holy Spirit through St. Paul. Why? Because it's your body and your body is sacred and it's destined for eternity. And your body speaks the truth about your soul. That's beautiful. And then when we use that body or even worse, use someone else's body and reduce them to a means of our gratification, that's awful. But a lot of what we do is awful. We give it to the Lord and we repent and we fight to do better. But you don't deprive yourself of the grace to stay in the fight, right? I mean, am I making any sense? Okay. Are your confessional soundproof? The ones at our church are not. What can be done? Um, the best thing is to not sin. Let's just, you know, again. Uh, but no, uh, we were going to and we ran out of money. Isn't that funny? Do you remember Brad coming to us? We had this like insulation that we were going to put in the walls. And it was like, yeah, we're at budget and we should probably have a roof. Um so we tend to put on uh, music, um, Bach, Beethoven, Prince, Sinatra, Bob Seger, all the greats, all the greats. Mozart. Uh, no, we do tend to put on music. For us, again, that's a key for the usher. They keep pushing the line away from the box because you've always got the folks who are trying to get, you would not believe how, you would, you know, how often people try to sneak to the front try to line jump, which again, that's so messed up, right? Why are you cheating? Because I want to be forgiven. Well, um, uh, I think your approach doesn't work. Uh, so that's another blessing of having the usher. Uh, yeah. Um, I try to think a lot about the list, then bang it out only to be respectful to the people after me. Lovely. Me too. Uh, otherwise, I'd talk, chat, ask 5 million questions, and poof, yep, I figure I need a good 45 minutes. I would just schedule a separate session. Yeah, I, that's another way the line is really a blessing. It can help you prepare. Uh, one of the things, maybe this is a good time for this talk. Some priests, and we all fall into this, we're sinners. They take what they personally prefer and make it a rule, and that's really bad. And one of the examples of that, I can't believe how many people... I'll hear the um, paper, right, on the other side, and I'll say, oh, do you have, have you writ written your sins down? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And you find out priests yell at them for this. Why? Because those priests are control freaks, right? And they don't have anyone in their life to say, that's just your preference, Padre. It doesn't mean anything. There are priests who yell at people for having lists. If, oh, if a priest ever yells at you in confession, walk out. And I am dead serious. Walk out. You're actually maybe saving his soul. Because the measure, Jesus says, the measure with which you measure others, that's how I'll measure you. 
I, I have heard, I, I actually grabbed a priest when I was at Lansing Catholic. Literally, I grabbed him here and I got him out of his chair and told him, don't you ever come to this school and hear confessions again. Because I could hear him yelling at a kid. Um, ugh. But be this as it may, if you bring a paper, I'll give you a penance around that paper. Do you know this? No, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. Why would anybody have a preference against somebody writing them down? No freaking clue. Oh, okay. No freaking clue. Uh, but there's a group of priests above me age-wise that for some reason, that just gets their knickers in a knot, and I don't know what to do about it. Okay. Uh, well, one of them helps here. Okay. And I had to have the talk. Right, Padre, I love you. You're a good priest. Stop chastising people for lists, please. Well, it's stupid. They didn't blah, blah, blah. Father, I'm asking, please. All right, fine. You know who. <laughs> and he's a sweetie. It's just, oh, just a cantankerous old dude. Um, and again, this uh, one of the things you're always going to deal with a priest. Again, we don't have a wife to tell us to knock it off. And I don't think priests should get married. I don't say it for that reason. But it's always going to be a factor when you talk to us. My brothers always point that out to me. Joe, the capacity for you to be a jerk is high because you don't have a wife to tell you to knock it off. Right? Isn't that something? That Paul tells me. I love Paul for 5,000 reasons. But that's such a beautiful, like he talks about how Pauline civilizes him in a sense, you know. And, ah. Don't even get me started. Uh, so that's just a couple, I guess, notes on that. If you bring a paper in, I'll tell you your penance. Your penance is, and I'll say this to everyone with a paper, unless they're sick of it, right? And I'll ask, if you're sick of this, you need to tell me. Burn the paper. Watch the flame consume the paper. And that is the fire of God's love just eating up your sins. And watch it burn. And when it's all done and you realize there's no possibility, there's no matter left that you can reassemble into a paper, that's what God did with your sins. And rejoice in that. I love that penance. A priest gave it to me in college, and I've never forgot it. I haven't sinned since then. Thank you. Anything on the role of grace? Yes. Grace is my aunt. She's with the Lord now. Uh, she was a regular thing. Okay. That's not what they meant. Yeah, it's all grace, guys. When you're standing in line, the Lord brought you there. Because more than you want anything, he wants to be right with you. More than anything. More than you've ever wanted anything in your life, the Lord wants to be reconciled with you. It's grace that helps you catch that sin that was sneaking up on you. You've been doing it for years, and all of a sudden you're like, that ain't good. That's pride, right? Mine, that's the big one. It's almost always pride, pride or fear, right? Right. All of a sudden I'll realize, wait a minute, I've been doing this or relating this way or this thing for years. It almost always comes back to pride or fear. Those are my two ugly babies. Yeah. It's grace that brings to mind those sins. And why would God bring them to your mind? Because now you're ready. He saw those sins all along, but you weren't ready. So that grace will even protect you from seeing some things because you're not ready to be healed yet. Isn't this smoking? 
I love that about our God. And know this, and believe me, like I'm all fired up telling you this. The first time you recognize a pattern of sin and confess it, you've started its death. There will be a day you confess that puppy for the last time. Think about that. He who started the good work, Philippians. He who started this good work and you will see it to completion. And he starts that good work when you hit whatever stage of development you needed for God to go, okay, now you're ready. We're going to look at that ugly thing. We're going to look at it now. And I want you to bring it to me so I can kill it. And we're going to keep killing it till it stays dead. Whether it takes 50 years or one day, we're not going to give up now. I mean, isn't that tight? Rough. That's a spicy meatball. Is it okay to conclude your confession with the Jesus prayer instead of the act of contrition? Absolutely. The Jesus prayer is an act of contrition. There's like 50 of them. There's one. Sometimes people come in and read and it takes them 32 minutes. But it's gorgeous, I have to say. Like, the first time, they just kept going. The first time I heard it was here. And I was like, okie dokie, you know. Uh, but then you listen, it's like, man, that's smoking. Uh, so anyway, I'm a Jesus prayer guy. That's my act of contrition every time. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner who loves you. Amen. Okay. Uh, how are we doing? This is the last one. I converted from devout Protestantism, Protestantism to Catholicism two decades ago. And confession is the hardest thing for me next to Mary. <laughs> I get you, bro. Okay. Or sis. Uh, can you talk about examination of conscience? Yeah. Um, and, you know, hey, thanks for staying in the fight. Huh? I know for my devout Protestant converts, mama and confession tend to either be the easiest or the hardest, but they're never just like, eh, you know, I'm here. It, you know what I mean? It, it's one of those that's either super tough or super easy for my uh, beautiful Protestant converts. Uh, examination of conscience. Try to keep a few things in mind, if, if you would. One is God doesn't need you to do it right. He did it right. He just needs you to show up. <laughs> Right. I know that sounds dumb. You need to think of it like two sides of a coin. On one side, you've got God's going to take any effort you give. The other side of it is give your best effort. Right? Isn't that cool? He's going to say you're giving your best effort not so you can get it right, but because he's worth that. Okay? And you're worth that. Uh so come Holy Spirit. In the end, the easiest to me is how have I failed? Ex easiest examine is three questions. How have I failed to love God? How have I failed to love my others? How have I failed to love myself? Right? And even then, look, at I make that face, love myself. Because for people, if you're like me, that's the part I hate. I love trying to love God. I love trying to love others. I don't like me very much a lot of times. And I need to repent of that because God made me and he knows what he's doing. Right? Ah. Uh, does the confidior at the beginning of mass forgive, erase venial sins or not? Yes. Absolutely. It's like going to confession, kind of. Uh, the benefit of still going to confession is, again, you're naming those sins. 
You are out loud. Don't say them to the people around you, sweet Lord. This is why we have recorders in church. Um, <laughs> I got two words for you. Bribery. All right. Um, just kidding. The confidior does. Absolutely. That's why church law would say you really, quote, only need to go once a year. Uh, but why practice from St. Alan Iverson, practice, uh, is to me you should go at least every other month. I know. Don't kill me. Um, you know, a couple other things. Let's so, say you're in line and you see it's 20 deep and there's 15 minutes left and you just went two weeks ago and you don't have a mortal sin, you should get out of line. Is that terrible to say? That's helpful to people. That's a sacrifice. That's thinking of others. Um, I don't know. Lots to say. Uh, again, please, please hear me. If the priest makes you uncomfortable, you need to leave. Not because you're in danger. You're probably not. Most priests are good people. But we have bad days, and some days we need to get shook pretty hard. Uh, we have days where we forget our vocation, and we just do our job. We need to get shook pretty hard. Um, there are priests who think it's holy if they pretend they're spiritual hard asses. They need to get shook pretty hard. Yeah. Um, there are priests that ask way too many details, and you start to get a bad vibe. You need to get out, right? We do our best, but some of us are bad people, and some of us are good people who have bad days. But you have a right as a child of God to be treated like one. Yeah? Um, yeah, time to go? Okay. Um, what is, do we have a show tomorrow? I can't remember. We do not. We do not. Okay. So Friday will be our next cameo and that will be, um, Q and A, right. My brain is stopping right now. Isn't that awesome? Like the caffeine's wearing off. That's a Christmas scream. We'll be in a secret bunker that looks just yeah. like the studio. Here's the thing, guys. I got to tell you, someone broke into this place, stole everything and replaced it with an exact replica. That's from Stephen Wright. Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap this puppy up with a prayer. I thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you beautiful people on Friday when we do our usual question and answer from a top-secret location in Colorado known as The Meadows. Salad pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the sacrament of reconciliation. You want us to meet you again. You want us to put aside the past and embrace the freedom that you give us and that you give so joyfully. Oh, pray for, Lord, bless us priests. Help us to act like we wish we felt. And bless all penitents, Lord, to find that balance between McDonald's and therapy. We ask that you heal any wounds of anyone listening to this who's been hurt by a priest in the confessional. Oh, Lord, please, we're so sorry. Forgive that priest and heal your child. We also speak against any spirit of darkness that will tell people, don't do it, don't go to confession, you don't need it, or whatever it might be. We speak against that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ.
Lord, there's so much we want in life. There's so much need in our lives. And may each spark of want or need that we feel be a fuel to think about how much you crave us and crave to let uh, crave for us to experience your love unfiltered by our sin or our past. Oh, Jesus, you know the people we love very much and worry about. And you know all the circumstances in our lives that cause us to fret. And we give all of it to you, Lord, because we love you so much and we trust you. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. My Kung Fu is strong. I will see you beautiful people Friday. And until then, frozen peas are my gift to you.